Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 41st episode of Animal Eaters, curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have Adam and Ted, the co-founders of Block and Tackle, an animation studio based in New York. Block and Tackle has one of my favorite portfolios out there with fantastic promo packages for shows like The Americans, American Horror Story, The Walking Dead, tons of other ones, and also some work with some massive brands like Lincoln and Viacom. Today we'll talk a little bit about the origins of Block and Tackle, we'll talk about some of their incredible show promo packages, and go into how they've managed to produce an incredibly eclectic body of work across so many styles and mediums. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animal Eaters. All right, Adam and Ted, thanks so much for coming on Animal Eaters. Thanks for being uh, so generous with your time. Thanks for having us. It's our pleasure. Um, so you guys run a studio out of uh, New York called Block and Tackle. Um, so yeah, let's just get started. If you could tell me uh, a little bit about your studio and and what you guys do there. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, this is Adam. Uh, we're a smallish um, design and animation studio. We're in Long Island City, New York, which is a neighborhood in Queens. Nobody seems to know where that is, but we can see the Empire State Building very clearly out of our window right now. We have approximately 10 people here full-time, um, give or take, and uh, about maybe 15 or so in the studio at a time. We do a, sort of a wide variety of types of work, mostly for television, mostly animation, but we sort of dapple a little bit in live action and some print work here and there when the clients ask us for it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so um, that's it. Very cool. So do you both operate as creative directors or is one of you kind of more business side, producing side, or or how does like kind of your, your both of your roles play out? Uh, I think we both kind of operate as creative directors. Adam's generally more in charge on the uh, design portion of the um, projects, but you know, we both, I mean, we try... We both like, basically have our hands in all of the projects here. Even we we sometimes try to split projects up, but it never works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's the good thing. You know, Ted and I sit back to back with each other, and I think it's um, you know, even if we're sort of like not necessarily working directly on projects, we often share things back and forth, or ask to look at look at things and sort of like ask for each other's final blessing on projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a little bit more of a design background, I guess, and. Ted's definitely got a better technical head than I do, so I think that kind of help you know allows us to balance things out pretty well because you know he's able to sort of like think about ways that things can get done and that I can't necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So. I, like, I like to say I'm just four credits shy of a computer science minor. <laughs> okay, wow, <laughs> which means I quit. <laughs> So, yeah. w- w- so does that mean like you do you do like any coding or anything still these days, or is it like is that uh, kind of? Not, no, I used to. I used to use it a lot, but I really don't do any scripting anymore. Things are so easy now; I don't have to. Google, <laughs> uh, Google right? Yeah, you can write a mean expression with a Google search. It's yeah, for good. real. And uh, just for on, on the business side, and we had an executive producer uh, that was with us for a while that kind of helped us get serious. Uh, and um, we have a producer on staff who, you know, helps us with a lot of the, the business kind of, you know, whatever production kind of stuff. And then we uh, just sort of share the other, the other like business kind of responsibilities between the two of us. 
Mm-hmm. So now with a, with a team that's that's grown, um, you know, there's 10 of you there. Do you, are you guys in the tools very often these days? Or are, you, are you spending most of your time kind of uh, with the, with a client or or kind of overseeing production? We do a lot of interviews. Jeez. So. <laughs> mostly podcasts. We're just mostly yeah. podcasts. Right? <laughs> no, we are, we are, uh, we are still uh, on the box, as they say. And I think it's, at least for me, is that like Adam and I are, I'm going to say for both of us, he can disagree if he wants. We're both animators, so we actually like to do the work. And I think it's beneficial for the studio for us to be involved like in the project, whether it's finishing it or starting it or starting setting a style or working with one of our uh, animators to set a style. But yeah, that's the long answer. The short answer is yes, we still do this work. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that, we, yeah we, I mean, we're pretty heavily involved. It's like... Uh, you know, in the beginning of projects, it's like we're doing a lot of the concepting, and even if we're not like physically designing the things, like you know, we're 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 talking with people and pitching ideas to clients and stuff. And we're we've been pretty lucky in general that we're not like we're not spending tons of time like doing sales, although maybe mm. we should. Um, so it's like we're, we're we're able to sort of be in the studio and working and and looking at stuff and making stuff ourselves a lot. So. I think it's really important for us too. And we've been talking about getting bigger. It's like Ted likes to say that we're not trying to take over the world. And it feels to me like when we were first starting, I kind of said that I felt like about 10 people was the right, like manageable size for a studio. So I feel like we're kind of, we're like, you know, about as big as we want to get. And now we're just sort of need to figure out how to like, you know, keep the quality of our work up and get new types of projects or, you know, expand a little bit just creatively um but not so much like scale wise oh yeah that's interesting i mean it's something that like i've I've been thinking a lot about is like as you as you scale up obviously like um there are definite pros and cons right like now you know you two as as excellent animators and and designers are spending at least some of your time like you know you're you're communicating with your team um and so like that is you know something that takes you guys maybe a little bit away from the actual projects but then you gain of course a lot of other other amazing talented very skilled people with their own kind of skill sets um so could you talk a little bit about um the kind of um, amazing things, but also the challenges of, of growing and building and managing a team. Well, I think you sort of hit on a lot of them. I mean, it is challenging to have to spread yourself across multiple projects and, you know, kind of oversee designers and animators, which we've done in the past and I've done it pro- as project leads at other studios, but now also like making sure that payroll goes through is like another aspect so it's certainly challenging but it's like uh, it's it's really rewarding and um i kind of feel like my goals have shifted to include like having a super talented staff in a, a really pleasant work environment to the list of things that i am happy to uh work towards every day so I feel like it's, like I said, it's really rewarding if, to have a talented staff who's like, of nice people that I like, that I have, that I get to see every day. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we spend a lot of time in the studio, so we definitely want to make sure that it's like, you know, uh, an enjoyable, pleasant experience. I feel like I feel like I've heard a lot of other people kind of say that too. Like, 
it's nice to be nice and but it really does make a difference you don't want to be you don't want to come to work feeling you know stressed about personalities every day yeah definitely also just in terms of work i mean i think i was just gonna say i think both you know for me anyway you know i i'm totally willing to let sort of people take the lead on projects if it's if the clients are into a you know into an idea or i or i feel like it's going well like there's not really any sort of like I don't know. I have no sense of like, you know, that I need to sort of be the one in charge or, or leading things. Like I feel like we're able to sort of balance things out in a way that like if a project's going really well and that, you know, whoever's working on it doesn't really seem like they need our help, then we'll just kind of like step back and let them do it. And, and we're sort of able to like jump in and, and help out if necessary, which I think is, is really, it's good for us because like that kind of takes some of the, the pressure off us and also it's good for you know, I like to think it's good for the other people in the studio who maybe want to be able to take some ownership on, you know, and feel like they're not just doing exactly what they're told all the time. Yeah. And I, and I, one other thing I want to say too, is that like, uh, you know, as we sort of get bigger and we get more different types of projects and, and clients are coming or asking us to do different types of things. Like I've been able to really see like different people in the studio and influencing the work that we're making in a way. Like we have, we have this guy that was here for a couple of years, uh, Gordon, who's like a fantastic like matte painter and like does these like super detailed, intricate kind of designs. And I feel like, if, you know, he sort of set the tone for like a lot of the work that we were doing for a couple of years while he was here full time. And that's, I think we were getting and doing certain types of work because of, you know, because of his presence here. So we really want to kind of like let that happen as much as possible. Yeah. Well, and, and that kind of gets to where, where I was going next. I mean, your, your body of work is just so incredibly varied. I mean, you, you've got some, some more live action type stuff. You've got like full CG. Um, you, you've got very illustrative work. Could you talk a little bit about, about where that comes from? Like, I mean, I think it can be really hard to do great work across a lot of different styles, um, and you guys pull it off seemingly effortlessly. So I, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad it seems. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not, but it, you know, you just look at your website and like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I, I actually think it's funny because I've given a lot of thought to this, and recently I kind of decided that maybe part of the reason is that like that like we just really. I feel like well, I like I, I was a live action major in school, and I sort of you know got out and kind of like fell into a job. You know, I just needed a job, and the job that I got was like in an animation studio. And we, so I was like forced to kind of like figure out animation and design. And I feel like, like for me, it's like I don't really feel like anything comes totally easy. Like I have to really work hard at it. So it doesn't really matter like what the style is or what the you know, content is, it's like, I just need to like, I think I've learned how to like really look at things and like, and look at it and look at it and look at it until I can kind of figure out what needs to, it needs to be better. So it's sort of like a matter of critiquing, I guess. I don't know. I feel like maybe like just like stepping back and looking at something and turn the computer upside down and look at it again or watch it backwards or something like until you sort of like realize like what it is that it needs. Like, I don't know. I think that's like a way that you can kind of get through projects that might not be something that you're totally used to. And also we kind of just enjoy it. It's like, you know, we like everybody else, like look at stuff all the time, like online and, and on blogs and stuff. And I feel like I get tired of trends really quickly. So it, 
you know, doing things that are different that feel like or stylistically something that we haven't done before is more interesting for me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, we, you generally approach a project with not like already a predetermined thing that we want to do in mind. So we, and Adam and I are both have like generalist backgrounds. So we feel comfortable, uh, coming up with creative solutions that can be like anywhere from 3d to stop motion to live action, whatever makes sense for the project. Some of that might, some of that might be a little bit like thinking of yourself as like a commercial artist or like a, like a craftsperson or something rather than like a fine artist. So I think like there's definitely people like in our industry who have like really sort of clear artistic visions and like you can kind of see in their work that they're like, you know, they're kind of like seeing that sort of vision, uh, you know, to fruition or whatever. I never really felt like that way as like a, you know, I never thought of myself as like a fine artist where it's like, I have something really important that I want to say. So it's like, I, I, you know, sort of like feel like our job is to help clients say what they want to say. So you have to sort of be malleable if you want to do that. Yeah. That's an interesting distinction. I like that fine artist, Uh, that kind of like distinction between those two mentalities, I think is really interesting. Uh, Also just, I feel like this really does kind of define our studio. It's like, uh, you know, I feel like we've been lucky in a way that like, uh, I could be, I, be, I could be wrong about this, but I sort of feel like doing a lot of work for TV and for networks, um, we are often get involved in a project like in the sort of conceptual phase where they're asking us to come up with ideas. So that means that we can sort of pitch ideas that might be outside of our normal box, you know, whatever we think is appropriate for the job, where I think sometimes like with commercial more commercial type work like your your approach as the production company like or as a studio like once they've already kind of sorted out what they want to do and so they're looking for like the perfect you know stop motion animation company or the perfect cell animation company or whatever like you know um so in that sense like if you're doing sort of more commercial kind of work like maybe you sort of get put in a box more often or something i don't I could be totally wrong about that, but that's just maybe my perception. So is that something that you guys have set out to do from the beginning? Were you, were you thinking like, you know, we're not going to have a defined style. We're going to make work across all these different mediums. Or is it just something that kind of happened out of your own natural curiosity? I think it happened out of our natural curiosity. I think maybe at the end of this podcast, what you're really going to find out is that we don't really have a plan, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, I don't think Adam and I are, would, it's not possible for us to set up a studio that only does stop motion animation. Yeah. yeah. So I think it just happens. Yeah. We've sort of grown really slowly and organically. It's like, you know, I've been doing work direct for clients. It's like 2006 or something. It's like, it was just sort of like a, just like a natural slow progression. And um, we never really did any like serious sales type work. It's like, we just, sort of like existed on the generosity of like blogs and stuff who like helped us get our name out there. Yeah. And, and also like just by sort of like making connections and, and using the sort of network of people. So it's like, you know, the, the woman at FX who's like, who we first started working with there, Amy, like I worked with her at a, like a bunch of other networks before that. So it's like, she sort of helped plant seeds for us, like around in other different other networks over time and um, Carlos, who is the art, our creative director at NBC, like we sort of like knew him and he was like giving us work there. So it was like, um, we were sort of able to like cultivate these relationships that were 
different creatively, but they were, you know, we just kind of like kept pushing ourselves to like do the best we, we could for each of them. And that sort of helped us like get into different types of work. Does that make any sense? Oh yeah, definitely. And that kind of was, is, is perfect for where, where I was going. Like, have, do you ever think about maybe how you're trying to be seen by your clients or your potential clients? Because like something that I think is, is helpful on the flip side of this, right, is if you have a very defined, you know, style or like, you know, we just do stop motion, it's a little bit easier for potential clients to maybe put you in a box and, and maybe have a have a great idea. They can very clearly see what they're going to get when they approach you for work. Is that, Have you found that to be a challenge at all? Uh I'm not sure if it's a challenge, but it's certainly something we talk about. And it, not knowing whether it's a challenge or not just sort of speaks to the fact that we don't really like do any sales. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, but we have been told that we are confusing to people because I, I don't. I'm not sure anybody would really want to rep us because they don't know how to sell us because we don't do a certain thing. Um, so possibly it's challenging for sales, but it's also not, we're trying to make, we're trying to figure out how to make that really seem like a positive to, to anyone else. <laughs> it's cause it really seems like a positive to us and it's like more enjoyable and you know, just, I think it just fits our studio better. I also think for like, you know, for a long time we, you know, Ted and I weren't necessarily thinking about any big picture things at all. Cause we were both you know, like we said this already, but we're both very hands-on and we like to make stuff and we like to be involved. So it's more, it was sort of like, you know, I think we spent all of our time just thinking about how we can make the products we're making better, um, you know, and, and learning new things and trying new things and stuff. And like, it's only sort of like now-ish that we started, you know, we've been starting to think a little bit more about who we are as a company and how to present ourselves and how to sort of like expand a little bit, get other types of work and maybe like, I don't know. And, but then, but then like we get busy and we're doing stuff and it's like making a new website is always like on the back burner or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how do we, how should we format our projects on our work page? Blah, 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 blah. It's like that stuff, like we're, it's definitely on our minds, but we're, you know, I guess we've been fortunate that we're like, we're busy enough that we haven't had time to really deal with it. Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously you don't have a sales problem because you keep getting lots of work. So, um, it's def definitely working. And, and I think one of the ways that it, that it really helps you out, maybe a, a good example would be for uh, the Americans. Like, I feel like you guys have brought so many different um, takes and styles to the, the promos for that show, which all end up being gorgeous, but also very different, but yet they still like work together. It still feels like it is made from the same perspective across all these different seasons. I, I, yeah, I love those those projects and, and and I'd love to even specifically talk about all of your work um, with FX because I think um, it's a lot of fun so when you get those projects to start um, are, are there generally kind of ideas of like you know we'd love for you to do something that looks like this or do you just kind of get get show concepts and and stories and, and you run from that um, I sort of depends on which job it is but we have a really great working relationship with FX since we've worked with them for so long um, and they are just a fantastic client because they are very, they know, you know, what they want and they are very critical of the work that we are sharing with them. So they get a lot of great work out of us. Um, so a lot of time they just, you know, since we know them so well, they will just tell us what the, you know, scope of the project is and we pitch them creative ideas or 
I mean, that's how the, the most of the Americans work came out in the last Americans work we did, which we, we did two teases for the season five. I think it was season five. Yeah. Um, and that was basically just, we just pitched like, I don't remember how many concepts, like seven or eight, maybe yeah, seven or eight concepts. Treatments. And, yeah. Treatments. Yeah. We just like style references and written treatments. Um, and they let us make two of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, uh, you know, we say a lot, we said to them too, like, the, that they're definitely like our hardest client, like creatively, like think they're, they, you know, not only are they critical of work, but they also like give you these sort of like challenging assignments where it's like, you know, it's not just a show package. It's like a show package that where they're trying to like reinvent the idea of a show package or something. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. it's always sort of like something that's like it feels like they're they're kind of like you know upping the the thing that they're trying to do each time. And as a result, it's like it's stressful and hard. But I think we do you know they do sort of push us to make the best work we can. And then like like Ted said, you know I think what we feel really lucky with them is that we feel really lucky to be working with them because. Um, they are asking us for our, our create, creative ideas, you know, more so than just like executing something. And with like with the American spots we did this year, like, you know, we pitched this that shredder idea, and uh, we kind of were like crossing our fingers that they weren't going to choose it because we we're like, how are we going to do this thing? <laughs> and then they were like, oh, well, that shredder idea is great, and we were like, ah, damn. Um, <laughs> it turned it out fun. great. Like, it looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I think we killed like a whole forest worth of trees <laughs> um, making that thing. But, but yeah, you know, I think, you know, it, we were, we were happy with the result too, but it was definitely hard to get out. Was that all shot? Like, was that, is any of that CG or is it all just like real? Like you printed out all that stuff and shredded it and filmed it and lit it and all that stuff. Yeah. We shot the whole thing. Oh, wow. But, it, but I did make a pretty cool toolkit though, that, uh, it's like a, a quote spot. So they have to be able to update the quotes. So I had like, shot the shredder and then tracked in a clean piece of paper where you can type in your quote. I was very happy with that. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Uh, do you guys have like a studio space? Like, do you have a space in your studio where you can shoot stuff and do all your practical work? Uh, we did that one in the conference room. Um, but we do have, uh, we have some space. I mean, it's the conference, the conference room we shoot in. We're actually doing this podcast next door in the empty office that's uh vacant right now and we have shot stuff in vacant offices but we also are right across the street from a uh live action it's good stage it's like a photo studio photo stage studio yeah that we shoot stuff at also so. yeah we're can we're looking out the windows at the windows of the studio so. yeah but that the uh american shredder one we shot in-house sort of as a necessity of like uh, we need we need like a couple weeks just to r&d like how the heck to make this thing and we can't get it done in one day in a, in a studio because it'd be a disaster we shot right. it we kept like reshooting and reshooting and trying and reshooting right. for over a, a week and a half or something we can send you some photos of the conference room after <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great um a, a few moments ago um one of you said like they're they're very critical of the work, but you said it like it was like a good thing, and I love that. Could you talk a little bit m more about that? Because I, I think um, that's a, that's a really great kind of view of client collaboration, um, which can sometimes be a very difficult. Yeah, I mean, they certainly know what they want, which helps, but in the the process, sometimes might be trying, but the result is great. So. 
yeah, it's important for somebody to be critical of the work. And FX, that's just the way their channel is in general. It seems like they, that channel kind of like steps aside and lets, lets the creative in the shows shine, which seems like an easy thing to do, but they work very hard to make sure that it feels like it's all about the content. So I think it's just the nature of their, that channel, really. I mean, I think, the, I think the critical thing goes back to just like what we were talking about before in terms of like, you know, trying new things and, and like, how do you sort of like, how do you sort of like bounce between different styles or something? And I think it's like, it just comes down to like being able to be critical about stuff and like look at things and figure out what can be better. And so, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, you know, critiquing is like the most important part of this whole puzzle. It's like, you know, being able to sort of like be constructive and, and make things better. I mean, I feel like I tell people all the time, like it can always be better. It can always be better. It's like, and you got to just keep pushing until you can't really see anything that you could improve on, you know? So, so then I think we appreciate that from clients as well. And that, like Ted said, it definitely can be trying or frustrating, but I feel like, you know, most of the time, like your initial reaction is like, damn it, I like it the way it is. And then when you, and then when you sort of push yourself, yeah, when you push yourself, you kind of realize like, oh, this is better. Like it, it like working on it more did make a difference. And, um, so, yeah. What do you do when, when there's maybe a, a disagreement between, between you and a client? Cause sometimes, you know, being critical of the work and, and maybe you, you have a strong opinion, but like, I don't know, like, you know, you are, you guys are the designers and the animators. Like, do you ever, how, how do you approach a situation like that where, where you might kind of disagree with the critique from the client? Uh, delicately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of the time it works out, it's fine, but it's, without being a jerk you have to rec you know recognize with this is a hard thing to say but like they hire you for a reason and they hire you because you're good at what you do so sometimes even though they think you're they're right you're right but we haven't had to like we haven't really had to fight with anybody i feel the only time we ever really disagree with with people with some of the work is with the scripts Sometimes we might want to change a script, but it's kind of out of our hands at times. Yeah, but I feel—I mean, I think I think you know, it's—I don't know. Like you like to think that, like, oh, we're, at, we're sort of like an outside opinion. So, like, you know, you can imagine, like, on the client side, there's like lots of levels and lots of red tape and stuff, and so you're not like necessarily privy to that and so you're seeing it sort of like from an outside perspective. You might have a little bit more clarity, but like ultimately you know, they know what they're going for. They know what, the, what their audience is like better than we do. Like, and so, you know, I, well, I feel like, you know, as a rule of thumb, it's like, we'll sort of like, if it's something we really don't agree with, we'll say like, Oh, are you sure? Or we'll suggest something else that we think might work better. And if the clients are just like, you know, no, we want to make it blue, then we're just like, okay, we'll make it blue and we'll do our best. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like you know, I was saying before, it's like, we're not, I don't, I'm not, we're not fine artists, you know, we're commercial artists and we're working for clients. So, yeah, um, I honestly can't really even think of a scenario where we've like disagreed so much that there's been an argument. Yeah. We have great clients. I mean, we really <laughs> That's great. I don't know if it's the nature of, the of maybe that one we do. example. Yeah. I could think of one, which we won't talk about, where <laughs> yeah. it was just like so bad that it just, yeah, yeah it didn't work out. Well, but, and I, I and I think that could also be a testament to, 
to you you guys as communicators and like your process in in creating work too. I mean, I think a, a lot of like having great client relationships is just being good communicators. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, we do have good clients, but we all, it might also be the nature of the work we do since we don't do a ton of commercial work. I'm not sure if it's like I don't know if there's more creative freedom in the television work that we do. I mean, I I also have a sort of a general feeling that like every project could kind of be cool in some way or you could make it cool in some way. I mean, you know, I think I'm really proud of the elections package that we packages that we've done for NBC. And I, I think like on the surface, it seems like, like how mundane or like obnoxious, you know, cause everyone hates everyone like loves to hate network news because it's like, there's too much junk on the screen, whatever. And we we kind of agree with that, but it's also like an interesting challenge. And, uh, you know, I feel like if you, not to sort of pat ourselves on the back, but if you watch elections coverage uh, uh, and flip between the networks, like NBC definitely looks the best. And, you know, it, it may not be like the best design thing on the planet. You know, there's other design projects that maybe are better or more successful, but it's like does a good job for that, you know, on that type of content. Yeah. Um, um, was that part of the brief? Was that part of their goal? Did they, they come at you and, and say like, hey, we want, we want to do this cleaner? Is that something you pitched them? No, I mean, basically, they're just like, we want it to be awesome. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, like Car- Carlos, who was the creative director there, it's like he's a s- talented, smart guy who, like, understands good design. And so I think he, you know, he was, like, in a place where he was like, you know, this is, an, this is a space that can be better. And why, why can't it be, like, as nice as everything else out there? You know, it doesn't have to sort of follow, necessarily follow, like, the tropes of network news and you know, some things, some things it just has to do. It's like, there's a functional quality to it that like, you can't really argue with, you know, we would, we would stand in the, in the control room. You know, we you design something on your computer with your face, you know, 10 inches from the screen and it looks amazing. And then we'd sit in the control room with the director who's like, you know, 30 feet back in the back and there's like 50 monitors and he's like, I can't read it. And like, you just can't, you can't really argue with them, you know? So it's like, uh, but then, but then that's part of sort of the, the puzzle of it is like, how do you compensate for the fact that the type is huge and, you know, still make it feel cool? So I, I kind of like those kind of challenges. There's a, there's like a technical or, or, or maybe like a logic kind of puzzle to those types of projects that is different from anything else that we do, but is, you know, I still find it satisfying. Yeah, I think like I mean you you guys have the the graphics package like montage on on your Vimeo, but it's almost it's almost as tough to understand like how big a scope a project like that is. I mean, especially with all the ele- different elements that you have to all make work together and then also just the technical aspect. I mean, that has to be loaded into some kind of software, I would imagine, for for making that all all work. I mean, is that Yeah, how long of a process was something like this? Well, uh, first of all, uh, like on the technical side, Oh, thank God we don't have to deal with that yeah, was, so much. I was wondering it's about like, that. Do you just hand off hand off video assets and they kind of figure out how to make it all run? Yeah, it's a combination. I mean, a lot of what we're doing is giving them examples of how things should work. We have to have at least a peripheral knowledge of like of how the the process works on their end. Um, there's a there's a certain sort of like way that things get layered together and like things are downstream or upstream or you know working live or from the chiron or from the orad or VizRT or something it's like we sort of have a general like knowledge but we none of us could run the box you know um and uh 
Yeah, there's a lot of deliverables. I mean, with those NBC projects, they would do a lot of the versioning on their end, or we would give them, we would maybe like give them versions, still versions of everything, but only animate a couple of examples, and then they would match the animation that we would do. So yeah, it was definitely a team collaborative effort, but I think would say like start to finish, like six months maybe. I have no recollection. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah. Um, so a, a little while ago, when we were talking about the Americans, uh, you had mentioned that you guys put together seven or eight uh, treatments for that project, and then they, they ended up use, using two of them. So I think I'd love to talk a little bit about pitching, and I mean, that's that's a lot. I mean, that, that seems like a lot of work. I mean, I mean five of, of seven kind of, you know, treatments fall fall to the side for, for two that they like. Um, is that pretty average for kind of what you guys bring to the table at the beginning of projects or even in the pitch stage of a project? Uh, yeah, it's probably average in terms of it, we're doing treatments where we're not necessarily making style frames or motion tests. Okay. That amount of ideas is more or less normal. They, they don't usually pick two. <laughs> that's, that was abnormal. Um, but yeah, I think that that's about right. And then if we were doing, if we're pitching style frames, we, uh, how many directions do you think we average on a? I mean, I think the expectation is three, but. You know, often we're just like super excited about the content. I mean, if we're talking about FX specifically, it's like they come to you and they're like, it's a it's a Marvel superhero show and like, but we want to do it different. It's like hard to not get excited about yeah, it. Yeah. And so we'll often like talk about it as a studio and like, you know, tell people like, you know, or, or the, the team that like they can throw ideas in and then we'll kind of like call it down from there and, and focus on a few. But um, Wait, did you guys pitch on Legion? Sorry, I just really like that show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did. Um, we we had a great deck for Legion. Oh man, <laughs> are, it was great. Are you ever going to um, be able to post it? Uh, yeah, I don't. That's a good question. We can post it probably. There will be at least one person in the world who'd be very interested in that. So uh, we can send it to you. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we were really excited about that job, and we felt like we had some great ideas. They went in a different direction, but we did make a logo animation that they used oh, nice. in the run-up run to the show. Um, so we actually saw our logo animation in the theater before Star Wars. What? That's, yeah. that's got to be a good feeling. That's amazing. Yeah, that was cool. It was cool. Oh, but yeah, you just get excited. You just get excited and you start making stuff and, you know, sending, you know, five or six ideas is kind of stupid. But if you like them all, then it's, you know, it's fine. We don't, I wouldn't say we do quantity for quantity's sake, but yeah, you get excited. <laughs> No, yeah, that's that's awesome. So when when those treatments roll in, what is what is your process? Do you guys meet together, just the two of you? Do you kind of have like an all staff meeting and, and just kind of say, hey, everybody, circle back with mood boards or ideas or treatments? Uh, how does that kind of initial process work for you guys? I think it depends on uh, just the sort of like schedule in the studio. Really, it's like we always try to sort of like assign a person or two to a specific project. And then we'll, you know, often just kind of open it up in general. So like, hey, check out the brief and just let us know if you have any thoughts about it. And then, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I have a specific idea, then, you know, we'll try to fit it in for them. I mean, you know, getting just studio, I don't know, like the way that the studio runs in general, I feel like one of the biggest or one of the biggest challenges is just like managing the schedule. <laughs> so if we do a lot of sort of smaller scale projects, we're delivering stuff like pretty much constantly. So, uh, 
you know, we don't always have the luxury of like taking someone that might be really good off of another project to have them work on a pitch. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so I, you know, we, I'd say it's pretty much a group effort, but you know, um, yeah, we all try we all try to come up with ideas and then, and then just focus on whichever ones are the best ones. So let's let's jump back a bit in time. I'm I'm curious where you guys where you guys came from, how how you guys met and started block and tackle. Sure. Do you want me to say it? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to say where were you born, Ted? <laughs> um, well, okay, I'm gonna try and do it uh, quickly. Yeah. Uh, Adam and I both started working in around around 2000 or 99 or 2000. Uh, both worked for small studios. I had a 3D background. Um, I went to a technical college, uh, and I started computer science and then like got to the second year and was like, Oh, this is tough. And I transferred to the arts department and that's where I got into Easy. 3d animation. <laughs> uh, so I started as a 3d artist that would get hired out uh, occasionally to go to Sony music studios where Adam was working as an after effects assistant. Assistant. That was a thing in, in 2000. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Sony. Well, Sony was like a like a music facility, really, but they had like a little graphics department. So it was set up like you know we would have clients come in, the producers come in, like an editorial session where like the producers would come in and sit in the leather couch behind us and order cappuccinos, and uh, and the artists sat at this you know huge desk with a, with like a giant Wacom tablet, and I sat behind him on a like a little like a little you know tiny little computer like in just did stuff for him <laughs> like cut out the logo or whatever yeah i was an assistant but i learned a lot so it was good yeah. yeah so then we sort of fast forwarding we i was working at loyal casper i was their first employee and adam was the first freelancer and that's how we met again and worked together a little bit and stayed in touch and then like t- 10 years later no not 10 years later uh, no, no, five to ten years later i was walking my daughter to preschool and i bumped into adam on the street in jackson heights in queens where we happened to both live and i was like what, what are you doing here <laughs> he's like i live here and i was like get out of here i also live here and that's how we kind of reconnected and um little uh, meet cute if you will. Uh, yeah. I also ran into him in the airport in Berlin. I was there for a weekend and, uh, and we bumped into each other in Berlin. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was odd. Yeah, I, went, <laughs> I, went, I went to Berlin to work. I was there for like a, maybe like a month and a half or something. And like the day I was leaving, Ted was at the airport too, yeah. which is kind of weird. I was there for a picto, picto plas, pictoplasma, plasm, right. yeah, that, plasma. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. I was there for that. Um. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, then we just started uh, I think I was working for nights for him sometimes at home if he needed like 3D help, and then uh, he got the opportunity to do this, this crack, those cracking spots, and uh, we did it together. We put a team together and did it, and then we started working together. <laughs> was starting a studio like a, a goal of both of yours for a little while? No, I mean, you know, I, I was freelancing around the city a little bit. Like Ted said, I worked at Oil Casper a little bit, and. At uh, Eyeball NYC, I was kind of like permalance there. And then when I left there, I had just intended to go back to freelancing. But I, this is going to sound very glamorous, but I like ran into someone at a party. And, <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's silly, but that's exactly what happened. It was just like, it was a party for, well, if you want the details, it was like a, 
I worked on the MTV upfront and there was like a giant MTV party and I went to it and there was a client there from that I had worked with previously um, at Eyeball and he was just like, hey, what are you up to? And I was like, I left Eyeball, I'm freelancing. And then he was just like, let's work together. And so they gave me my first uh, direct-to-client job was for CMT. And um, the art director on that project, uh, I still work with now, um, at, she's at Nat Geo. And that, you know, this was more than 10 years ago. And then next, you know, the next projects I was working on there, uh, the art directors, um, woman, Amy, who's now at FX. So we just like basically followed them around. So I was like lucky, like to just kind of get client work without really, you know, knocking down, knocking on doors too much. Um, and it sort of just kind of like evolved from there. And then, yeah, like Ted said, like, you know, I was getting work but mostly, you know, doing it with myself or one or two other people. And I knew Ted was in the neighborhood, so I started asking him to help out. And at a certain point after we did those Kraken projects, which for me, like, that was sort of the most ambitious project that, you know, I had worked on really independently. And it was really fun to do. It was satisfying to work on, and we really liked the end result. So kind of after that, we started talking about working more permanently together. Uh, and then I think the way we, the way we started, like actually officially working together was, I, I said to Ted, like, you should work with me, but I can't promise I'm going to pay you. <laughs> uh, but you know, everything worked out fine. Well, we worked on the, uh, show package for Jim Cramer's mad money, which I saw on television. They still use it. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I can remember, too, saying to Ted, like, you're going to have to work on a lot of shitty projects. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, I already work on shitty projects, so that's fine. Uh, but I still use that mad money. Nice. Um, it's, so it sounds like, I mean, you, you guys started right off the bat doing something that was like, I don't know, you, you said the word ambitious, but, but it seems like maybe a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And then it seems like that kind of sticks till today i mean like with just the amount of like even even with the the shredder concept i mean it seems like taking on ambitious ideas is kind of built into the core of your, of your studio but that i think also brings with it a little bit of like venturing out into the unknown it can be a little bit scary it can especially with you know a client and, and you've got to deliver something great so could you talk about that that kind of balancing uh trying new things with the the kind of fear of the the unknown in, in a project well Adam and I both have children, so this is the least scary thing that we have to do every day. <laughs> yeah, I don't really feel scared. Yeah. I, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, think I, I actually think I did say we didn't want them to choose that shredder job, but uh, I mean, we knew it was possible. It was just, and it's outside, you know, we spend most of our time sitting in front of the computer, so when you pitch an idea that's live action, you're like, damn. Like, somebody who does it all the time would just be like, this is a piece of cake. As a matter of fact, you know, Steve at FX was just kind of like, Oh, just like rent a phantom camera and have you know, put, it in, put it in the studio, it'll be fine. It was like, I know that's possible, but yeah, we didn't really have a clear sense of exactly how that thing was going to come together, which is why it was a challenge. Well, like with the Kraken spots, like, you know, we had, I had done a project that the creative director at the agency had seen this lanternfish animation and it was like sort of a similar type of style and uh, one of the things that they cared a lot about was like they had this really beautiful like artwork and they wanted to make sure that we sort of kept the integrity of the artwork and i think that's something that we're kind of good at doing is like making sure that like the style of the animation sort of fits with the look and they had they had had another experience with a different project where they were kind of felt like 
the artwork didn't necessarily, or the animation didn't necessarily live up to the artwork. So they kind of put the pressure on from the beginning and that kind of helped to motivate us a little bit to figure out how the best way to do, do that project was. And partly like we have, you know, there's these sort of like very fluid kind of tentacle things and, you know, I'm a, I'm a 2D animator. So I was like, I don't know how I could ever possibly do this. And so Ted, you know, Ted, was able to sort of like do some R and D on the way to kind of build those. We had a couple of people helping us out to like make that sort of work in in, uh, in 3D. And then our challenge is sort of like how to marry that with a uh, 2D sort of. The rest of the project was 2D. You know? So so right now, I'm curious what what are you guys learning right now? What um, maybe maybe individually um, or or just as a studio in general? Like, is there anything specific that you guys are um, trying to get better at as as you move forward? No, I think things that we that are challenging for us is kind of like not necessarily the work uh that is challenging but we're sort of used to that but like adam had said before like scheduling the right people to work on the right jobs and studio culture i think is challenging for me because lots of times i just want to like put my headphones on and just work and not talk to anybody <laughs> but we also want to make the studio studio and envir- uh, uh, environment like an enjoyable place to be so that's definitely a challenge i mean we are probably the quietest studio in the entire city I mean, it is like kind of like a library in there <laughs> people actually like come in and they're like oh my god it's so quiet it's so quiet and, you know, we don't play music and, and also we have no doors so it's like there's no doors in the office. you have to whisper everything because you feel like everyone's <laughs> listening to you yeah. um so I don't yeah navigating the studio environment is uh hard to hard to do it's not really I mean like I don't want to play ping pong all day with everybody I mean I would but like we still do sort of have to work I mean we play uh cornhole beanbag beanbag toss in the patio which is like is fun but I don't know it's it's a it's a balance to try and figure figure that out right we also like Ted said we both have kids we're we're the only ones in the studio oh no actually we're both kids there's not there's not a lot of people with kids, so it's like, you know, back in the that back in the day when we were younger, you work at studios where like you know you work and then you go out afterwards and there's like a lot you know camaraderie and I think we we have that here a bit, but it's like it's definitely more of like a work sort of like a working nose to the grindstone kind of environment. Not that we're like not that we're like slave drivers or something, but you know it's just like get it done. And I think I think one of the things I've been trying to figure out a little bit is like. You know, for so long, like when it was like we were working on stuff, like it was just me or the two of us, like uh, you're kind of doing everything. And so you're just like focus, focus, focus on making stuff. And I think sometimes we maybe like uh, in terms of like putting people on jobs, like we I would like to figure out a better way to sort of make things as collaborative as possible. I think that's like I think that's happening a little bit, but it's like, you know, we're often sort of like, oh, put Cyrus on this job and he'll be on it for three weeks. And I would is not always the best like sometimes it's like you'd be better off like putting him on another job as well and sort of balancing things out. So it's like, it's definitely like a lot of like a lot of sort of like shifting and yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's a lot of coordinating. That's what we're learning how to do. We're learning how to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I think I I, I stopped, I stopped learning technical stuff a long time ago. Actually, Dave was just asking me today, like how come I never learned 3d? (laughs) Uh, But I've got Ted to do that for me. Um, I think I think uh, one one other thing I think creatively that we're I don't know uh, well we're, I, we we kind of touched on this but like 
I think we've learned to accept our sort of like eccentricity and try to like, try to like use that as an asset. And, um, I don't know, like for me, I think I've been sort of getting a little bit better about trying not to be too precious about things, like trying to think about things conceptually and pitching like conceptual ideas without getting too bogged down on, uh, the style or the look of things in the beginning, because, uh, like we were saying, you know, you're, you're pitching like seven or eight ideas or just because you're excited you can't necessarily put like as much effort into the style frames as you might want to, or make it as perfect as you might want to. And for a long time, I thought that that was a, like, you had to like make the thing totally finished. And I think there was kind of an expectation from clients for a while that they wanted to see exactly what they're going to get. But I, but I sort of feel like now, like we may be kind of getting into this space where like we can kind of share sketches and, and talk people through things in a way that um, we weren't able to do before. And, you know, being able to sort of like articulate your idea without exactly being able to see it is something that takes a little bit of time to learn, I think. Yeah, no, that's great. I, mean, I feel like that's a little bit, it can be a little bit scary showing, you know, that, I don't know, that like deep down into just the core idea without all that kind of amazing polish on top of it that really sells it. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can't, you just can't finish everything. It's like, we, we, I feel like we say this all the time that like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll be writing this in a deck, like the sound design is going to really push this one over the top, you know, or like really make it work. And like, sometimes you really just have to hear it, but you don't always have the luxury of doing that, you know, time or budget wise or whatever. So you have to, you do have to figure out a way to explain it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's amazing how much as, as we're growing over here at IV, like how much more time I spend in that phase and even just like writing and like communicating my ideas is becoming like more of a, I don't know. That's like a whole other skill that you have to learn on top of all of the technical skills that come with animation and things like that too. Um, right. Yeah. I think like just like in the past year, we've like gotten better about like putting like a deck together that feels like we designed it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like a long time. It was just like throw the six frames on a page and send it off, you know? And like now it's like we make a better effort at like, you know, cropping things in certain ways or like laying them out in a way that is more clear or something. So do you guys have like a template or like a, like any kind of web backend or, or how, do, how do you present your, your kind of decks? Um, we have like an InDesign template that we use, uh, that we've been sort of like, as we, as we make new things, we sort of just keep adding to it. So we have as much variety as possible to start from and then we break it if we have to. Um, occasionally we'll post stuff on Vimeo or like wire drive or something if it's for mm. reference, but yeah. Well, sweet. Well, we, we try to end each episode with the same few questions. Um, so the first is who is your dream client? I mean, I, I know you guys work with a lot of kind of your, your own already dream clients, I'm sure, but, um, well, I always answer these questions with Bob Dylan. <laughs> Whenever you ask me celebrity something, I just go Bob Dylan because I'm like, uh, I love him so much. So I'll let him go. <laughs> I don't even know what we could possibly do for Bob Dylan, but <laughs> I don't even care. And I, I know whatever. I just say like the I answer Bob Dylan. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, solid. David, David Bowie. Can I say David, I say David Bowie? <laughs> yeah, that'd be oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. Um, no, I, Block and Tackle is going to get into some music videos, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I mean, we've been talking a little bit about about um, like film titles or something, or oh, nice. Just, just, just for only for the fact that like it's a longer form and like it might be nice to kind of let some of our ideas play out 
a little slower. You know, doing stuff for network TV, it's always like, you know, maximum 30 seconds or, uh, you know, usually it's 10 seconds or less. So we have to think fast and, and move things fast. So I think having a slower pace would be kind of nice. But there's not like a specific thing, you know, specifics. All right, next question. Your favorite animated film? Ted always answers Fantasia, which I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be Bob Dylan again. It's like uh, anybody <laughs> ever not fallen asleep in staring Fantasia when the dinosaurs come on. That's when everybody falls asleep. So I can't comment on whether I like the whole thing or not. Uh, no, I can't even think of one uh, uh, animated film. I can't think of one animated <laughs> film other than Fantasia. I love so, Wally. Wally, yeah, Wally's pretty like cool. Wally, right? I like Wally. All right, next question. What do people you love think that you do for a living? Oh, my my kids think I just goof off like all day all day long. They're like they think I think I was I can't remember what job it was. Might have been for Sharknado promo package and I told my daughter Gwen what I was doing and I was like, "Oh, we got this shark that's like flying around this neon uh floating fo- number 4 cuz it was Sharknado 4 and this shark like bangs into it and things explode and all this stuff and she just looks at me and goes oh that's stupid (laughs) yeah that's stupid but then also i also get a lot of the questions of like so how do you get how do you get it on tv like how does it get on tv and i i always answer like i have no clue i have no idea how how it gets on the television right yeah my kids think we play games a lot we have like uh we had these like marble tracks here these like wooden marble tracks that they really love so they're always just like did you make a marble track today? Like, <laughs> no. No, fortunately um, not. Yeah, no. That's awesome. All right, last question. What animal did you choose for your animal leader and why? Oh, damn, we didn't do that yet. But wait, I'm going to think of one really quick. Aardvark. Oh, yeah. Because it looks cool. <laughs> That's great. That's the best reason, really. Um, <laughs> well, guys, thanks so much for um, coming on the show. It was a blast. Well, thank you for having us, and uh, likewise, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Nice talking with you. Animalators is created by the team at IV, recorded in the Weld Nashville studio, and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. To learn more, visit weld.co and chadmichael.com. To keep up with the work we're doing at IV, visit iv.studio or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes. And be sure to check out animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. You can find out more about Block and Tackle and their work at their website, blockandtackle.tv. Our theme music is composed by Cody Fry. You can check out more of his music at codyfry.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and that helps more people find this show. As we continue to grow the show, we are now looking for potential partners who might be interested in sponsoring the show. If you have any interest in advertising on Animalators, please reach out and send an email to alyssa at identityvisuals.com. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A at identityvisuals.com. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. <laughs> <laughs>